Well, I want to welcome everybody to today's podcast, uh, August the 8th, 2021. Um, you can hear the Roy Haley Bible Podcast on Apple Podcast, iTunes, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and TuneIn. Uh, and if you would, we'd appreciate it if you'd go on iTunes and give us a rating to kind of help us out. And and I'm leaving myself wide open here. You can give us a good rating if you like us, and if you don't like us, you can give us a bad rating. But no matter what, we hope to be a blessing to you today. I want to talk to you just a few minutes about uh, my wife entitled today's lesson, uh, The End of the Story. Paul Harvey used to do the rest of the story, but today's uh, lesson is entitled The End of the Story. I want to talk to you just a few minutes about life, and I'm going to start off by saying I wish I could sit here and tell you that if you are a Christ follower, life will always be smooth sailing. Everybody will like you. Everybody will be nice to you. You'll be nice to everybody. Uh, The sun will always shine. The weather will be just right. Your car will always start. Uh, uh, The house will always be in order. Uh, But ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, I wish I could tell you that, that, that there's going to be smooth sailing. You know, the uh, ocean is calm. The ocean of life is calm. But let's get real for just a moment. moment. The apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ never had an easy life. Paul referred to the apostles in 1 Corinthians 4, 13. He said that they were the off-scouring of the earth. The apostles of Jesus... uh, their very lives refute the prosperity gospel. Folks, let's get real. These these guys never preach this nonsense that you see on a lot of uh, so-called Christian television. Listen, Jesus started with 12 apostles. One of them committed suicide. Ten ended up being executed And only John the Beloved died of old age. And I I briefly covered this last week, but I I just feel I need to stay on this a little bit. Uh, The Apostle Paul, who became a Christian later in his life, according to church history, he was beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus. Listen, if you or I follow these prosperity teachers, please may we open our eyes to reality if what they say is true if what they say is true the apostles of Jesus Christ were the biggest fools to ever walk the face of this earth they could have been riding around in the finest chariots and living in the nicest homes in the Roman Empire but instead they suffered reproach for the cause of Christ. Now, having said that, I'm not here to condemn having nice things either. 
uh, I'm not, I, I, uh, uh, it's not wrong to have a nice house, a nice car, uh, a pretty yard, nice clothes. I'm not knocking. There's nothing wrong with that. Not a thing in this world. Uh, don't become materialistic, but there is not a thing in the world wrong with having nice things. Uh, as long as we obtain these things honestly. But I'm going to give you a little statistic here. And I just recently read this. Now, things change. But I think approximately 53% of the world's population live on about the equivalent of $2 a day or less. 53% of the world's population live on the equivalent of $2 a day or even less. But I want to talk to you today about when life isn't fair or life doesn't treat us as we think it should. And ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say this, but this happens sometimes. It's irrespective of who we are, whether we serve Jesus or we don't serve Jesus. It doesn't matter if we're rich or poor, skinny or fat, good-looking or not good-looking, whether we're hard-working or whether we're lazy. It does not matter. Uh, sometimes life just does not go the way we think it should. I've got a little saying. I always say, I, I say it multiple times every week, but this is the saying. Jesus is always good, but sometimes life hits us right in the mouth. And as bad as I hate to say it, folks, even as Christians, Christians, believe it or not, they go through divorces. Uh, it's a shame when they do. It brings a reproach on the church. It brings a reproach on Christ. It brings a reproach on themselves. But Christians get divorced sometimes. Either one of the uh, uh, folks in the marriage gets carnal or, or they both get carnal and don't live as they should. Christians go through divorces. Uh, sometimes we get sick. Sometimes it's minor. Sometimes it's terminal and we die. Uh, this situation with this COVID, I, I never dreamed I'd ever see something like this. I mean, uh, I, I thought about it, but I just never actually thought about it, actually me witnessing it with my own eyes. Just think, if you have survived COVID, you are actually a survivor, I believe, of germ warfare. I believe that virus come out of that Chinese lab. I believe it was a germ warfare lab. Now, I'm not saying they released it on purpose because it killed a lot of their folks too. But I, I believe it accidentally got out but if you had COVID and survived, you can say you are an actual survivor of germ war warfare. Sometimes as Christians, we're going to have car wrecks. Uh, sometimes as Christians, we're going to get jobs. Sometimes we're going to lose jobs, whether we get ourselves fired or, or, or somebody just didn't like us and fired us. Or we just weren't good employees and got ourselves fired. As Christians, sometimes our parents are going to die. Uh, before us. Sometimes we may even die before our parents. Uh, if, if you are married, you or your spouse, one, more than likely will die 
before the other unless some something weird happens and you're in an automobile accident or something and you both go out. And, and listen, I'm not glorifying suffering here. I, I, I don't like suffering. I don't like pain. I don't like emotional pain. I do not like physical pain. I'm just telling you how life is. Uh, sad to say, some of us have children that's going to die before us. And folks, I've been here 30 years. This November the 2nd, 30 years ago, I had a little girl that was diagnosed in June of 1991 of cancer. Uh, I actually thought she was going to get better. But in November of 91, she went on. And it was one of the worst times of my life. One of the worst times of my life. I, I almost never survived it. I almost never survived, survived it. S some Christians live with chronic pain. You know, when I was in my 20s, I, I couldn't understand people uh, in their 40s and 50s talking about their leg hurting or their back hurting or their arm hurting. Well, now I'm almost 60, and I can totally, totally relate to it. Uh, my wife suffers uh, from uh, some pain because of an accident she had when she was 12 years of age, and it's been giving her problems here this past year. Something that happened when she was 12 is still causing her problems. But listen, I want to ask everybody a question. Where do we get this foolish notion that we are above uh, having a bad day or, or, or going through pain in this life? And once again, I'm not glorifying pain. I hate pain. I don't get a thrill out of pain. I hate pain. But in church... Even as Christians, in church, sometimes we're going to suffer emotional pain. And sad to say, folks, sometimes we're going to hurt other people. I pray that we would guard against that. But we're going to hurt people. So let's, let's always, uh, uh, the half-brother of Jesus, James, in his book, says, Let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. All we have to do is think before we speak. Am I going to hurt somebody by what I'm about to say? Oh, that would cut out most of us, half of our vocabulary. Uh, I know one pastor, he said after church uh, one morning, one of his parishioners was uh, uh, talking to him about, he didn't go into what was going on with him, but they were going through a dilemma. And he said his parishioner, uh, said, why is this happening to me? Now, I can't remember if the pastor looked at the parishioner and said this or he just thought it, but his next thought was, why not you? Why not you? Listen, I am one of those people who have said, why me? And if the Lord tarries and I live a few more years, I'll probably say, why me again? Why is this happening to me? But when it gets right down to the nitty-gritty, why not me? What, who, who put me above pain? You know, even Jesus himself said, In this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And listen, I'm not trying to, in what I'm about to say, I'm not trying to sound rude, but in the U.S., the United States, we are so blessed 
just by living in this country, then I'm afraid sometimes we carry it over into our Christianity and think that life will always be good. And I always want life to be good. But ladies and gentlemen, sad to say, we have deceived ourselves into thinking we are above pain, and we're not. I hate saying stuff like this, but I would be very dishonest if I don't say stuff like this. But realize this, as Christians, we're also going to have some good times in this life, too. There's going to be days where we don't have physical pain and emotional pain. It seems like uh, uh, we're just floating through life. But eventually, pain knocks on all of our doors. I've got a dear friend, uh, uh, a Christian man, who in just a matter of a couple of years, he had two kids, and both of them ended up uh, dying. Uh, now, let me ask you something. Uh, I want, well, I don't want to ask you something. I want to tell you something. The whole concept of today's podcast is I want to try to encourage us to keep our eyes on Jesus when life hits us in the mouth. Realize one day we're going to get a prize if we stick with this thing. Heaven is not that prize, folks. Jesus is the gold medal. Jesus is the prize. Living with God the Father is the prize. Living with the Holy Ghost is the prize. In the book of Galatians, the Bible says, Be not weary in well-doing, for we shall reap in due season if we faint not. Realize, as Christians, we must realize that this world is not our home as it now is. We're only passing through. When we need to realize that when we are going through a dilemma, or I want to say it like this, me personally, when I go through a dilemma, do you know what it does? And I don't mean I stub my toe. I don't mean I trip and fall. I mean when I'm going through something really horrendous, emotional, uh, 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 I get homesick for heaven. I get homesick for my eternal home to go live with Jesus forever. But folks, we got to realize that God allows trials to strengthen us as Christians if we allow them to. Once again, in the book of James, uh, uh, who is the half-brother of Jesus in chapter 1, he said, uh, Count it all joy when you fall into divers or various trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And that word patience there doesn't mean ho-humness again. It means endurance. It's a spiritual workout. It's also to show us, once again, that this present world is not our home. Realize that God allows us to go through dilemmas so that he may deliver us and that we can be a blessing to someone else who is going through something, maybe even something similar to what we've been through. Uh, you know, until 1991, I, I really couldn't sympathize with somebody. I mean, I could try to sympathize with somebody who had lost a child, but I really couldn't because I had never been there. No, God didn't cause my, my child to die. I, I don't, I'm not saying that. Uh, that's just life, folks. But uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, he said, Blessed be God, 
even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble by the same comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. I can help somebody. You know, uh, for those of you that know me, in a three-year period, I lost a daughter, mother, and dad to cancer. Now, a lot of people lose uh, family members. Uh, it's kind of odd to lose that many that close together, but unfortunately, that happens to some of us sometimes. I can help somebody who's maybe going through something like that. A lot of tragedies just hit you, bam, 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 uh, right out of the blue. But I want to talk to you just a few more minutes, and I'm getting ready to close, about what is the end of the story. Ladies and gentlemen, realize that eventually eternal rest is coming to us as God's children. Read the book of Revelation, especially the last two chapters. You can see what's waiting on us if we stick with this. The Bible says God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There's not going to be any more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. Jesus is eventually going to fix everything. I heard one brother say it like this. He said, you know, when we get to the other side, he said, and we look back on everything we went through on earth, he said it's going to be the equivalent of about staying one night in a bad hotel room. Just staying one night. The key, ladies and gentlemen, is riding out the storm. Keeping your eye on Jesus when storms of life assail us, and it's going to assail all of us eventually. I was talking about, you know, sometimes kids, uh, I, I meant to say this earlier, but kids, our own kids can break our hearts sometimes. I wish they didn't, but they do, unfortunately, but we press on. Uh, uh, whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, most Bible scholars believe it was the Apostle Paul. But in Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, seeing we are compassed or surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, the Bible says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doeth so easily beset or entangles us, and let us run with patience, that means endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of, of our faith so ladies and gentlemen the key to winning at life storms is keeping your eyes on Jesus one little quick story and I'm going to close dear friend of mine a pastor Glenda Zena uh, I started working out this is way back in the 80s and I stayed with it a very short time and went on to uh, other stuff that was really not important but uh, I challenged him one day. I think I told him if you can do 20, no, 10 pull-ups, uh, uh, I will buy you a lobster dinner. He said, I can do it. He said, I can do it. So he grabbed a hold of that pull-up bar, and I mean, he was moving on. One, two, three, four. I mean, oh, man. And, and, and even back at around 1989 when this was a lobster dinner is about $30 I thought oh my goodness I'm going to have to buy this guy a lobster dinner but after about the fifth pull up you know what happened he began to weaken and finally he let loose of the chin up bar or pull up bar whatever you want to call it 
And you know what I tell people every time I do this illustration? illustration? You know what Brother Glenn did? He took his eyes off the lobster and began to focus on the pain. And no, I didn't have to buy him a lobster. Now, folks, I'm not telling you to keep your eyes on the lobster, but I'm telling you to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll get you through to the other side. This is the longest podcast I've ever done. It's 20-some minutes. I apologize for you uh, attention deficit people, but hang in there. I hope you listen to it until the end. Until next time, God bless.